Christianity. It shouldn't be, uh, I just think it's normal. It should be, it should be uh, I don't know about daily necessarily, but we need wisdom daily. But at least, you know, setting aside time at the beginning of the year, getting an idea of what, of what the Lord's heart is for us. I think it's normal Christianity, and we need to do this. Um, one one uh, prayer to pray, a lot of you do probably pray the, the Lord's Prayer as it's called, your will be done. Well, that's, that's inviting him to give you ideas, right? Inviting him to, to give you vision for your today. I think personal vision is a part of your story or needs to be. We're all, we all have this story that's being played out. It was written about us years ago. I believe we, ha- we all have, you know, our life vision written about us. God wrote about us years ago before we were born. But learning what that is, that's part of our story. I believe our vision will always fit into what we were created to do. It'll always fit somehow. It's not going to be a, a misfit. Um, doesn't mean it's easy, but it's going to fit. It's going to make sense someday. Here's another thing about vision. Don't let it be somebody else's vision for you. Uh, I know we love social media, and, or we hate it. I'm not sure. <laughs> Call it what you want, but don't let that determine your vision. Your vision needs to be between you and the Lord. I love, you know, I love counselors, all that stuff. I love... Uh, you know, there's, there's people you can pay big money to to, to to kind of direct your life. Well, I'm not saying that's all wrong, but let's not, let's not fall into this trap that we have to always be looking to someone or something for our vision. I don't think it's that, it's that complicated. I don't think we should complicate it that way. Um, I believe it's going to fit, and I believe it needs to be for us. It needs to be personal. Do you realize that Father God and His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, they're the most, the most uh, practical, the most uh, useful voice in the earth, in your life. And so, yes, we can, we can, we can get good ideas, we can get knowledge, we can, we can buy knowledge, we can get good ideas, but ultimately... Uh, the Holy Spirit is, is uh, the most useful source of vision. Amen? So beware of the vision that others have for you. Um, somebody said that before you are age 65, you will have seen 2 million commercials. Well, it's 2 million, uh, 2 million events that are trying to get you to think a certain way, trying to give you direction in life, so to speak. Um, that's a lot of events. That's a lot of stuff going on through our heads. I'll bet it's more than that these days. This is probably old information. But Listen, we, we, need, we need vision. Vision is going gonna, is gonna to keep us going in the right direction. Job 42.5, if you could put that up. I love this verse, and it, it, it doesn't use the word vision, but it, it talks about vision. I believe vision oftentimes is an experience. And Job says... Uh, Near the end of the story of Job, um, we all know his story, right? He, he, he went through some, some amazing times, lost everything, lost including his, most of his family. But he gets to the end, 
And he has an experience where the Lord actually starts speaking. He hears the Lord for the first time in, in, in this whole thing. And he says, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes, now my eyes sees you. And I love this for many reasons, but I went too long just hearing about the Lord growing up in, in the church. I heard so many things about the Lord, but it wasn't until later that I had an experience with the Lord. And I'll tell you what, an experience in a split second is far more valuable than hearing about the Lord for 30 years, right? See, some of you nodding your head. You know what I'm talking about. An experience where you actually see something or hear something from the Lord, that's valuable. That's what this week is about, right? Setting aside time at the DH or, or, or up north. We need to hear from the Lord. Even if you get one word out of the week, it's going gonna, it's gonna to blow your mind. It's, it's going to give you direction for your life. The end of this verse, if you look at the, the context here, now my eye sees you, it's almost like it's a continuation. It's not a one-time experience for Job. I don't know if that's the way it was meant to be written, but that's how I see it, and I like it. It's not just a one-time seeing the Lord. He sees him, right? So it's not just a one-time experience. I need vision often, not just once. Once is great, but let's, let's, uh, let's seek the Lord for wisdom more often. Why do we need wisdom? Well, for one thing, I don't want to just be alive. I want to live because I believe somebody's life, possibly, is depending on my life. The life that I have is meant to be given away, which means somebody else's life, somebody else's walk can be improved because of, of mine. That's not arrogant. That's, that actually brings humility where you realize that what you have isn't enough. And so we've got to come before the Lord this week, bow before him and say, what do, you, what do you want me to do this year? How do you want me to live? I believe there's a certain way we can live that brings life to other people. Without vision, we're going to quit the race. Many people do. Or they just kind of float along the rest of their lives. It's like retirement from age 30. They just kind of float the rest of their lives. Yeah, you can, you can accomplish a lot of things, but what if it doesn't really make sense? I want my life to make sense. I want things I do to, to matter. We all do. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever told the story of Florence Chadwick here, but she was a, a swimmer and... Um, in 1952, she set off from the, the island of, uh, I think it's called Santa Catalina, in, uh, off the coast of California, trying to swim to the mainland. It's like 26 miles. She was about 15 hours into this thing, and a, a dark fog set in. She couldn't see a thing. She could barely see the boats alongside of her. And her mother was along, and she was just encouraging her to keep going and keep going. She couldn't. She eventually quit because she couldn't see anything. She got into the, the, the boats that were alongside and realized that she was less than a mile from the shore. What a letdown, right? Well, she was talking to reporters afterwards, and she's like, I think if I could have seen the coastline, I could have made it. She probably could have. Months later, she tried it again. This time, 
she was successful, and she was asked why, and she said, because I kept a vision of the coastline in my mind the whole time. And so there's a lot you can, you can get through, a lot you can navigate if you keep a vision of the goal. You keep a vision of the coastline. We all have a coastline, right? It might not be here. It might not be visible with our eyes, but we're looking for a, a place that isn't here. This isn't everything. Amen? Without vision, we'll quit the race. That's how important it is. Proverbs 29, 18 is probably the most popular verse on vision, so we've got to bring that up. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But blessed are those who keep the law. I love Proverbs because sometimes the beginning and the end of the verse, they're, they're completely random. They really don't make sense, or they, they don't seem to make sense. This one does a little bit more, um, but I think they're, they're always connected somehow. Uh, Solomon had an amazing way of writing. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but blessed are those who keep the law. Well, what does the law have to do with vision? And what does blessing have to do with vision? So to have vision, I, I love to read them backwards. I love to read the Proverbs kind of backwards or mix the front and the back. It's kind of exciting. So to have vision is to be blessed. That's, that's pretty obvious, right? But the blessing doesn't come, I don't think, without obedience. If you read this right, the law, which we don't really observe the law, but you could, you could uh, call that obedience. You could call it hearing from the Lord or following the voice of the Lord. That's probably more, more accurate these days. So the blessing doesn't come without obedience. And it's not an obedience. Some of you, a lot of us, come from a background that, that uh, was a lot about rule keeping. And, and I understand that. I've been there. That's kind of uh, mindless obedience, right? It's kind of a religious conformity. That's not what I'm talking about. Obedience, in my mind, is complete surrender. It's a level of surrender that you get to. And what a, a perfect time of the year to, to, as Penn says, belly down before the Lord. And uh, just surrender. That's what it is. It's, it's complete surrender. So if we read this right, vision comes from surrender. That's how I like to see it. And that's, that's been my experience. I think I pray differently when I'm surrendered. That's obvious, right? There are times throughout the year where we, I can hardly pray. Well, if you track that back, maybe there's been some disobedience, or at least there's been lack of surrender. I want to do my own thing. Well, I don't have any confidence to pray when I'm living that way. So what a great time of year to reset, resurrender, and receive vision. Lamentations 2.9 goes along with this. I'm not sure if I gave you that verse, but it's a pretty sad book. But there's a, there's a great little verse in here with some, some wisdom. And uh, just, just part of the verse I'm after, which is the end there. The law is no more, and her prophets find no vision from the Lord. Well, I think if you read this story, I mean, you, you could take this to mean that the, the, the prophets were the issue here. But I, I really don't think they were. I think it was back to the people, the the, the, the stop in revelation or the stop in the pipe from, from Heavenly Father was because the people were no longer obeying the law. 
they were living in disobedience, and so they weren't able to receive. There's a, there's a blockage that was happening. Disobedience will cause a block of revelation. In other words, they won't receive it. So my, my, uh, my encouragement to myself, to you, is uh, when we're not receiving revelation, what is it? Bow before the Lord. He'll show you. He'll show you what it is. He's a good father. But when we lose our ability to hear, um, it takes surrender. Get back to surrender. It doesn't take a new book. New books are great. But let's try surrender first. He might speak to you from a book. A book. He often does. But let's try surrender. He's a good father. Am I in a position to hear from the Lord? That's the question. So how do we get this? How do we go from hearing about vision or hearing about other people's visions? How do we get it for ourselves? Let's look at, uh, actually, first of all, this week I asked the Lord. I said, I mean, I got to preach on vision. How do, how, how do you do vision? I was like, what's your idea of vision? The first word that came to mind was ask. And that's some, sometimes that's the hardest thing to do, especially if we're, not, if we're not living surrendered, to have the confidence to ask the Lord. The verse that came to mind then, of course, was Matthew 7, verse 7. Jesus preaching here, one of his, one of his earlier sermons, he was trying to undo a lot of uh, bad theology, I think. He was trying to show the people how good his father in heaven was. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. So you asked me what my word of the year is. There it is. It's ask. And I, I love to look at it differently. It, it can sound uh, kind of needy, right? Like, I have needs. Well, I do have needs. I am needy some days. But there's, there's, there's two parts to this word that I, I want for myself th this year. But I want to keep my heart in a position where I can ask, Heavenly Father, anything that's on my mind. That takes a position of the heart, right? So that's one, one way of looking at it. But the other one is I want to learn to be a better asker. One of the keys to great communication is learning how to ask the right questions. And some of my best conversations have come from questions, questions around the dinner table with the kids. I mean, that's some of my favorite. But often, those great conversations, they start with a question. So I want to learn how to ask. Another way to get vision, how about you just follow Jesus' example? I don't know how many verses there are. I printed off a bunch. I'm not going to go through them all, but... Many times, you can read, at daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. That's Luke 4.42. Luke 5.16, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Luke 6.12, one of those days, Jesus went out on a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. He pulled an all-nighter. Some of you are going to do that this week. Uh, be like Jesus. That's how he got his vision, how he got revelation. He sought the Lord. Quiet time's a beautiful thing. And uh, you mothers of 
school-age children, you, you probably incorporate all this, but as you get older, your children get older, quiet time can, can go. But we need to incorporate that, even as adults. I think we need quiet time. Um, there's been experiments on quiet time. There's a, a school in San Francisco, Visitation Valley Middle School. Supposedly, th this is true. Google says it is. They observe 15 minutes of quiet. They don't call it quiet time, but that's really what it is, of quiet time every morning. And they were, they were school known for their violence and other unhealthy activities. And they were amazed at how it, it actually cut down. It limited violence, and children were able to concentrate more. Their uh, attendance went up. 15 minutes. And it wasn't a spiritual exercise. It was just an exercise. Okay, it's not a Christian school. And yet, if it works there, surely it can work in your life. It can work in my life. Amen? 15 minutes. And don't, don't, don't let it become a, a ritual necessarily, but it should become a habit, I believe. Quiet time is a beautiful thing. Imagine what quiet time with a purpose is like. Pastor Penn, a few weeks ago, spoke on Philippians 4. Is it Philippians 4, 8, where the, he, uh, Paul gives the, uh, the things you're supposed to think about? And uh, imagine using that as, a, as kind of a guide for your quiet time, especially if you have anxiety. It's an amazing thing. Quiet time with a purpose. Just take the, the first one, for example. I think it's truth. Uh, think about things that are true. I don't know about you, but when, when COVID hit, uh, it was frustrating. But one of the biggest frustrations to me was trying to figure out what's truth and what's not. It drove me crazy. I love, I love truth. I love knowing what, what is true and what isn't, because then you can, you can build your life around things. But when you don't know, that's, that's painful, or at least it was for me. So I saw my, my little anxiety thermometer go through the roof. Well... A week or so into it, this quarantine thing, we, uh, I don't know, we, we, we decided one day, or we tried to, tried to take days at a time where we didn't talk about COVID, and we didn't talk about the craziness around it, all the, the legislation that affected us and all that. Try to take a whole day and not talk about the dumb thing, and it was amazing what it did to my anxiety level. Um, I could... I could go back to drinking regular coffee. I mean, I didn't need, I wasn't, I wasn't all jacked up on anxiety. And so just that, that little exercise where you think about or choose not to think about what you don't know is true or not. Just think about what is true. Sometimes you got to go back into your past, right, and realize the Lord's been good in this way and this way and this way. That's true stuff. That's experience. It's knowing him by experience. Well, we need that. We need to build stories into our lives, experiences into our lives that we can go back to sometimes and say, this was true. Think about those things because you'll need it. We got to control our thoughts. Amen? That's about it for today. You need vision, right? I need vision. What's, what's our word of the year? Ask. Ask for vision. Ask the Lord. This is a perfect week to do it. So we ask for vision. Vision will clear the fog out of your life, out of your mind. We want to be of a sound mind, right? And let Jesus speak to you in your quiet time. There's no better place. There's no better way 
There's no real formula, but if there is one, that's it. Let Jesus speak to you. Create quiet time and let him speak. He loves when you ask him questions. Uh, the older I get, our children get, children get older, it's no more this two- and three-year-olds asking why all the time. They actually have good questions now. But they're fewer and far between, and, and yet I love them. I love when our children ask questions. Well, I think God is that good. I think he's a good father. Amen?